Salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. From the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In the 1960s and 70s, a series of experiments were undertaken at Stanford University, which are now collectively called the Stanford Marshmallow Experiments. In these behavioral studies, children between the ages of four and six were led into a room cleared of all distractions, and a single marshmallow was placed before them on a tray. They were then told that they could either eat the marshmallow now or wait an unspecified amount of time, at which point they would receive another marshmallow. According to one researcher, children would often cover their eyes with their hands or turn around so that they couldn't see the tray. Others started kicking at the desk or tugged on their pigtails or stroked the marshmallow as if it were a tiny stuffed animal. Others, and maybe you know children who are like this, simply couldn't stand the weight and just ate the darn thing. Over the years, these, over the years, these children were tracked, and such factors as grades, SAT scores, and even body mass index and income level were added to the study. And as you would expect... The children who had the highly developed ability to delay gratification excelled in most manners of life. We see this, of course, in a variety of ways. People who begin saving for their retirement in their 20s have a much better retirement in their 70s than their peers. People who can deny themselves certain foods tend to be much healthier. I wouldn't know what that's like. Couples who delay the gratification of sexual desire until they're married enjoy much longer and happier marriages. The list goes on and on and on. When you delay gratification, there is a reward. And yet we live in a culture which seems to thrive on immediate gratification of desires. We have the glories of Amazon Prime and free two-day shipping even on Sundays. Express lanes on the highway that you have to pay extra for and people actually do it. We have video on demand, even the advent of little push buttons you can place throughout your house, which will order household items for you just by pushing the button. Recently, I was having to describe to my kids what it was like to have to wait for certain songs to come on the radio so that you could make that perfect mixtape for your girlfriend. They couldn't understand what I was talking about. We are a people thoroughly instructed in a catechism of desire. We know how to get what we want, and we know how to get it faster than any who have ever come before us. The immediate, this immediate gratification has even come to typify much of Christian worship. If previous generations were given to superstitions, we are given to scratching the itch of desire, 
the desire for emotional and spiritual gratification. We no longer have the labors of reaching the crescendo of a hymn, but the immediate words of intimacy and joy without all the buildup. The new songs speak of longing, but it is longing of a contrived sort, not built up by delayed gratification, but by the emptiness of immediate gratification. The truth is that in that very first sin, we see our first parents' inability to delay gratification. They take the marshmallow before its time. The fruit which they desired wasn't bad fruit. It was good fruit. But Eve desired it as a means to make her wise immediately. Over and above the command of God, she ate of it before the time had come. We know this self-gratification isn't good for us. We know that if we are to ever break out of the chains of our own selfish desires, we must sooner or later learn to wait. How many of you have said that to your children? You're going to have to wait. You need to learn to wait. The church, in her collective wisdom, has provided just such an opportunity to learn this, to be catechized in the virtues of delayed gratification. And that opportunity begins today with a season of waiting and expectation to kick off the liturgical year. But there is that promise, as St. Paul puts it, that salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The church year reorients our hatred of the passage of time towards a belief and conviction that days and weeks can actually be sanctified, set apart, so that we actually find the passage of time to be gratifying, to be its own reward. Many of you told me in the previous weeks just how excited you were for Advent. And I said, really, you're excited for Advent and not Christmas? Yes, we're excited for Advent. And yet I see people on my street already celebrating Christmas. I know this is only normal, but, but it is there. We begin this Advent season focused upon the first of the Advent themes, the coming of Christ in glory and judgment. For the Christian, all hopes and desires must be reoriented towards this single future, the glory of God commenced in his judgment. The redemption of our very lives, the good fulfillment of all our good desires. In the marshmallow study, one of the things that researchers found was that children who could delay gratification were thoroughly convinced that even though they hadn't eaten the marshmallow, that first one right away, they still believed that it was theirs. The others believed that they could not truly possess the marshmallow until they had eaten it. But the ones who waited thought, this marshmallow is mine. It is very much mine, and I will have it, just not yet. Likewise, Paul instructs the Romans that the night is over and the day has come, that with every passing moment, salvation is nearer. Salvation which belongs to the believer. 
Jesus instructs his disciples to believe that the day of judgment is today. If the householder had known at what time the thief was coming, he'd be ready. What's the message? Be ready. Believe that the day is today. It is a way of believing that although our greatest hopes have not been gratified, they are still very much in our grasp. This is a way of what has often been called in Christian theology as of late, realized eschatology. What we learn in this is that to be a Christian is not to be one who waits and waits and waits and waits for that day, for the end of days, and is continually disappointed by how long it takes, but to, be, but to be one who believes that these good things are already in our grasp, that they already belong to us. For instance, in Advent we wait for the coming of Christ, and yet he is present, yes? Present among us in the Eucharist, Sunday after Sunday, We as Christians wait for that glorious marriage feast. And yet here we are, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, gathered in worship, gathered at the Lord's table already. We wait for the glories of heaven, and yet here we are, even this very Sunday, singing, Holy, 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 the very song of the angels. As we stand at the Lord's table, we have the first portion, and we wait for the second and the final, believing that we already have the first, and by the Lord's grace, we grow in virtue, putting on the armor of light as we cast off the works of darkness. May we do so believing that such victory is already ours. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.